Hello world and welcome to Podcast in A Minor, where I bring you the weird little songs I write and then give you the stories behind them. Weird stories, creepy stories, funny stories, whatever the world gives us in all its glorious mystery. And now for today's opening song. Welcome to Podcast in A Minor. I'm Amy Zollers, a poet and an artist, and I'm in one of my moods. You just heard If Your Pajamas Could Talk, Warren G. Harding, on the Taylor Gemini mini acoustic guitar. And here are the lyrics. Warren G. Harding, Mr. President, if your pajamas could talk, what would they say in their dandy way? Would they shroud your ghost on a walk? Oh, how the people loved you until that teapot dome to do. Would you arch an eyebrow for me? Would you foxtrot down Pennsylvania Avenue? Warren Gamaliel Harding, did you really die by poison at the hand of your first lady Florence? Oh, golly, what a trippy scandal that might have been. Embalm him now, she said, just an hour after you were dead. And the rumor mill took it from there. Soon debunked, but it's still out there. This is your embalming song. Now everybody gonna sing it all day long. Well, that took a morbid turn at the end. That happens. And this isn't a history class. It's podcast in A minor. Let's unearth the mood. Personal points on Warren G. Harding. He first hit my radar in high school when Sassy Magazine proclaimed him the first president elected after women gained the right to vote in 1920, strongly implying that it was because he was dreamy. Sassy was certainly a progressive and feminist publication, also heavy on the cool music and offbeat fashions, and never shying away from pointing out dreamboat figures. Dreamboat, noun, slang, old-fashioned, an exceptionally attractive person or thing, especially a person of the opposite sex from Dictionary.com. After that intriguing implication from Sassy Magazine, I quickly looked up the 29th President of the United States in volume H of an encyclopedia set to check out his visage. As the song hints, it's all in the eyebrows, profuse and arched. And in the pose, leaning the head on the finger and thumb in an L shape. Plus, the dignified silver hair inspires a nation, I suppose, with confidence in a leader with life experience. 
Shall I launch into commentary about how, for a long time, this was also the case in newscasters? An older gentleman is distinguished and knowledgeable when his hair goes silver, but this is not permitted among women in the same film, who must always look young and vibrant. Rant concluded. Second personal experience of the mystique of Warren G. Harding, back in 2004 or so, a lifelong friend of mine got to handle Warren G. Harding's pajamas. No kidding. She is an archivist at the Truman Library, Harry Truman's presidential library here in our hometown. In her own words, back in 2004, I think, the library had a traveling exhibit from the Smithsonian about the presidency, and one of the artifacts featured was Warren Harding's pajamas. I got to touch them, wearing gloves, of course. I think we have a book about the exhibit at the library. I'll try and get it if you want to see it. End quote. In fact, since we live in the same town, I invited Tammy to tell me more about her experiences as an archivist at the Truman Library and handling Harding's pajamas. Okay, I'm here with Tammy Williams. Uh, I almost called her by her maiden name. I apologize, Tammy. We've known each other since 1982 or something like that. Something like that. (laughs) A minute. That's right. Uh, just Just a fair minute. And... Uh, Tammy Williams, archivist at the Truman Presidential Library for Harry S. Truman. And so I was going to talk to her about the time, and I can't make you said it was 2004. It may have been 20 years ago, but this thought never, ever left my mind when Tammy, I feel like I read it in your handwriting. I feel like there was a letter that said, you know, I'm working at the Truman Library now, and I got to handle Warren G. Harding's pajamas. So what can you tell me about that day? Well... We had an, a, a temporary exhibit at the library from the Smithsonian, the National Museum of American History, mm-hmm. the big, the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And it was called The American Presidency, A Glorious Burden. And so it had one, art, one or two artifacts from like every president from George Washington oh. on. And the artifact for Warren G. Harding was Warren G. Harding's pajamas. <laughs> Thank you, God. And... They were, if I remember right, they were like navy blue, maybe oh. purple. Some, some, oh. some very dark. It was a very dark color. If it was purple, it was like a dark, dark plum oh. with, I think it was hot pink trim. Oh, like piping around yes, the... Oh. like piping on it. That's and of course, they were probably silk because oh, people yeah. didn't wear like polyester fabrics back then. I mean, it was no. all natural Whew. stuff. Um Yes. And I didn't get to touch them with my bare hands because you don't want to do that with fabric because oily, greasy, who knows what on your dirt, on your hands. You don't want to get that on valuable artifacts like certainly Harding's pajamas. No, (laughs) Man, magnificent. That is more than I could have hoped. I, I will. I wanted you to go on in just a moment, but I was picturing them sort of like pale with like really pale blue stripes (laughs) and cotton or linen. Everybody get that. They were rather... Florid. They were florid. He had some flamboyant <laughs> pajamas and those eyebrows. <laughs> Heavens to Betsy. Yes. Uh, okay, yes. so yeah. Okay, well, so I would say if you want to say anything more about the pajamas, please do. But also, any of the other artifacts that maybe you got to see. One thing that I did get to touch mm-hmm. with my bare hands Ooh. was a was some china oh. from George Washington's Whoa. administration. Oh, and you want to do that with your bare hands because... Gloves are too slippery, and you might it might fall out of your hands and drop it. But for China, 
it's not gonna I mean people ate off of that so they yeah. clearly were touching it and it's okay to, for that for you to touch it and you get a better grip Ooh. with your with your hands and stuff so that was I remember that good insight good insight yes. from an archivist <laughs> all right well okay real quick Franklin Pierce what what was the oh I don't remember for Franklin Pierce. she didn't know I was gonna ask that I was just thinking about Franklin Pierce more I'm not even gonna spoil it maybe that'll be the next presidential song so I'm just not even gonna go there all right well uh that is so excellent okay so now who's the sexiest president in your opinion well, I kind of have to say Harry Truman. Oh, I agree. He's got Partly something. because he, I mean, his first business, one of his first business was a haberdasher. Yes. So he was a sharp dressed dude. Oh. He has the monogrammed shirt cuffs. Man. And the two-tone shoes in the summertime. Ooh. And he, he knew how to dress. Baby. Uh, mm. There's a fun picture. And in the, it, within the, the presidential libraries, the National Archives uh, folks, we have this. Um, there's a photo of Mr. Truman walking on the beach <gasps> in Key West. Yes. When he was on vacation and he's got his swim, tr- swim trunks on. <laughs> Continue. And, <laughs> and for a man his age, yeah. he doesn't look bad. Amen. And so we always jokingly refer to that as the hunky hairy photo. <laughs> his captain in the army photo is kind of cute you know i thought he was kind of a cutie but okay just as implied since tammy works at the truman presidential library harry truman is our hometown president and so he is very important to us and uh, we dig him and his loud hawaiian shirt is there is there a display like in the summertime or just all year round of his hawaiian shirts we don't we actually at the library it's that's weird uh (laughs) we don't have that many at the library we have maybe eight or ten of them yeah but a lot of them are still at the truman home yeah they have like 50 (laughs) wow we had a collection well because people because people would see him uh, Ah. at key west and they would take like a big group photo with the whole staff and everybody that was there. And so people would see him in that Hawaiian shirt and then they would send him more. You gift him some and more. So he was beloved. One of the one of my favorite ones though, and I don't remember if it's one that is in the Truman Library's collection or if it's in the Truman Home, which is the National Park Service. Those are two different pieces. Uh-huh. Um, it's got it's like a minty kind of green. And it's got tigers. Oh tigers stalking through bamboo lordy and it had shorts to match it (laughs) (laughs) oh what a blessing what a blessing our president our hometown president and they also had the loud ties oh in the 1940s yeah they did they were not afraid to to sparkle yeah there were there's i mean I did a whole feature on Facebook, on the Truman Library's Facebook page one year. Oh, just my goodness. Obnoxious ties. Oh, beautiful. Yes. Oh, that's a hoot. It's a hoot. Yes. I love the Truman Library. I haven't been there in a couple of years. But the Truman Home, I have to confess, I've still never been to. You know, we couldn't How go. How can you call yourself an independent well, person? I moved away for, okay, this, and this is like, I have to tell you all the drama of my life later on, because there <laughs> is some in the past year. However, we moved back here like six years ago or something. I don't even know what year it is. About six years ago. And, um, and before, so that was 16 years I wasn't going to, yes. the, to the library. And then... Um, you know, before that, but like, I know in school we didn't get to go there because wasn't Margaret still alive? Well, I can't remember. Mrs. Truman died in 1982. Right. And I think it became actually part of the, I mean, actually like open to the public in 1984. 
five. Okay, so we would have been like so, in fifth grade yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And see that and that and I imagine that's probably mm-hmm. when they take kids is nineteen mm-hmm. is um when they're in fourth grade. Right. And it was after yes. we, after, because that fourth grade is when you do Missouri. Missouri history. Notebook, yeah. Yes. We all so did Missouri Notebook. So we probably missed it for that. But see, we That's always went because we had out of town family that Oh, would yeah, we didn't have much So family. every time people came from out of town, we'd have to schlep them oh, around the square. We almost went one day. It's kind of a funny story. My son and I were going, and we, <laughs> this is so, this is such a dumb reason not to go, world. Don't do it this way. But we, we, <clears throat> we parked right by the jail. The old jail, the historic jail, and walked five blocks. We were like, yay, we get there. We're like, we're here to come to that Truman house. And they're like, oh, you go buy tickets back at the old jail. Yeah. Well, it wasn't as much fun after that. And so we just went and got pizza. At least it was a nice day. It was. It was. Because one time (laughs) I went down there and I had done what you did and right. parked at the, oh, good. <laughs> parked at the jail and walked down there yeah. and it rained oh, heck. on the way back. So did you get to do it twice in the Not rain? Not you're more you're you you persevered and my <laughs> son and I were like, oh, we'll just wait. We'll wait till dad can come to blah, blah, blah. And we went and got pizza. And then we went to Clinton's, which was Harry Truman's first job, a soda shop, soda fountain. And there was a big sign in the window that Truman High School, our alma mater, was doing the play Dracula. And so I was homeschooling my kid at the time. I was like, oh, we're going to that. So that was a blessing. We probably could have found that out anyway, even if we had gone to the Truman home. But I still need to do it. I know I feel terrible. I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I'm going to have to do it. We're just going to have to do it. I'm just going to grab you one day after. Well, I don't know if it worked after school, but because they might not be open. (laughs) But it's not that far. You live on the same street as the Truman home. So right down the street. Literally right down the street. Yeah. I pass it every day on my way to work. So history is happening right here. Do you have anything else to say about, I don't know, either President Harding or cool artifacts that you got to see during the Smithsonian thing? Oh, there was also some horribly obnoxious gun. Oh, dear. That some African nation that I don't recall Mm -hmm. sent to President Jefferson. Interesting. That was like encrusted with like coral and turquoise, and it was it had a lot. Going Whoa! On. It was really Might have been sensory overload. Yes. I probably would have loved it. At least you know when yes. I was a kid, I'd have been like, "That is the most beautiful." Yes, but it was a big gun. old long rifle. Oh wow! Yeah, and I, I vividly remember that one. But some of the other stuff's like, eh. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's pretty eh. awesome. Warren G. Harding. I mean, that's almost like that's almost like. The sexiest possible thing in that exhibit, only because I mean, I, well, I, knowing everything that we know now, right? Harding. Yes, yes, and that shows up in the song, which I haven't quite finished yet <laughs> at this time, at this moment, because yes. guess what? I had to work and things. But um, yes, addressing the teapot dome, etc., and <laughs> all the other all the shenanigans. Thing. Yes, well, there were some shenanigans, and then uh, it was great. I'm just going to discuss it with Tammy, and you know, there was I. I was a little this. It's terrible to say, but I'm going to say it because everybody knows I just say whatever I like. I was a little disappointed that the rumor that Florence, his wife, the first lady, Harding, the rumor that she had him poisoned was debunked really oh, yeah. fast. Yeah. I but wanted, she, like, I mean, mystery she has, and intrigue. She, she has, I mean, she's a piece of work. 
a little bit. She wanted him in. Oh, she. Okay, here's what I learned because you sent me. Tammy sent me the podcast. This may just be all the text of the podcast. I may not have to do any inroad. (laughs) This is great. But I I listened to the podcast that you suggested. Most of it, I was listening to Mm -hmm. it at school, and there are sometimes the kids in there, and like they're loud. I don't care if they hear it, but they're. I couldn't hear it. That's some education. (laughs) That's right. That that's what I think. With some education. They they mentioned that she went to a like an astrologer. Who told her that he would be president? Don't let him run for president. He will be president. He will be elected, but he will not survive the term. But see, that's the thing. <clears throat> she also wanted him to be president because wow. she wanted to be first lady. Oh, my. To a certain degree. Florence was so a complicated wanted, gal. Yes. And she was very, she was good friends with uh, Evelyn Walsh McLean. Okay. Who was the last person to own the Hope Diamond. Whoa! Oh, the bad luck hope diamond. Yes. Ooh, that yes. is intrigue. Oh, I yes. love that. That's a great fact. Okay, any of those that you just have at yes. your fingertips, just well, spin. I just remember that because I read a big old honking biography of Mrs. Harding. Nice. Oh, really? It's, yes. This is my friend. Tammy. It's hard to find. It's hard to find good biographies yes. of first ladies, but some of the 20th century ones you can get these oh. ones of. She has a good one. That's excellent. Okay, so I assume you have the White House cookbook because I know you do a lot of cooking, or you've seen it. Maybe I yes, have. No? I have. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Florence Harding has anything in there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to look. I don't have a copy of it. I used to check it out from the library a lot back in Columbia or somewhere. And I know I did copy. Best Truman has this Ozark pudding that I. I just want to sit here and say it's made of almost nothing. It's like sugar, yeah. flour, egg. I don't even know if it has eggs. It may just have like sugar, flour, butter, or something. But anyway, it's really good. <laughs> See, I've never been brave enough to make it. I did I make it once. To. It's so inexpensive, and it's so well, easy. Well, and see, that's funny. Yeah. Because back in the day, <laughs> yeah. when that recipe, when because Mrs. Truman gave out that recipe like a lot. Yeah. And if you weren't careful, and I've seen, I've seen actual printed copies of that recipe in the newspaper, and they just like leave out ingredients. <gasps> Ooh. They like they mix, mix the baking soda. I don't remember. It's baking yeah, soda. There's I think that's in there. Baking soda and flour and whatever. But in the ingredient list, no sign of baking soda whatsoever. Hello. And so you're like, well, there's how much should I part of the problem? A cup of baking soda, maybe. <laughs> exactly. But some but some lady wrote her a nasty letter saying oh. that that her recipe didn't work out and she had to like chisel it out of the pan. Uh-oh. And it was hard because back then sugar was expensive. Yeah. Oh, and that's going to get you a black eye best. Yes. Girl. Oh, but, well, it wouldn't have been Bess's fault if she was handing it out. It was the printers and the newspapers, exactly. the editors. But, they didn't know from recipes. There were newspaper men. I don't know. That's my assumption. <laughs> oh, I I'll haven't made you. her Ozark pudding. I've made, I've made her brownie recipe. Oh, I haven't. And Wait, did, was that in the Kansas City Star? I'm trying to rem- No. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, it's hard to mess up brownies. It is. <laughs> I can't. There was a recipe of her cooking. Oh, it was in Missouri Life magazine. There was uh a feature on like cookies and there was a best Truman and something with coconuts and I, I they were not as good as I wanted them to be but I, here's what I did do I don't remember if you're supposed to do this but I put icing and sprinkles on yeah. them and I photographed them and I did use them in a collage that I made into that Christmas cards <laughs> because yeah. the, those I was the only one who ate them <laughs> she knows the coconut one best Trumans but Dolly Madison's caramel cake yeah I used to make that on President's Day. I know she wasn't like, I know that like uh, the James Madison wasn't one of the one necessary featured on President's Day, but I used to do that a lot when I was all themey. We used to have, we used to do uh, 
President's Day cookies Yay. at the library. Ooh. And for many years, uh-huh. I uh-huh. made Laura Bush's cowboy cookies. Ooh, I those, those are amazing. Are those good? Okay, if I if that's not in that Kansas City Star article that I cut out a while back, I will be like, hey, what's that recipe? They're, they make a crap ton. Oh, good. Of, I mean, oh, I make them for the exactly because it's like I mean, I, I can get probably if I make them small instead of making like the big giant, yeah, huge ones. Yes, I can get like eight dozen. Ooh, and then you can freeze them. Yes. And you can give them and out they as freeze, Christmas they gifts. Freeze beautifully. Good. Yeah, before or after. Cookies. Yeah, before you bake them or after. Oh, so that's a good option too, because if you just want the dough ball. Anyways, turned into a baking podcast, yes, which they know. My, they, my, from Thanksgiving to almost New Year's, I did one on fruitcake pie, Christmas pudding. They know I like to bake. It's not. All, it's not all about sexy presidents here at Podcast and A Minor. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, Tammy. These are some awesome insights. I've no enjoyed problem. it. I'm going to really quick mention, because we were talking about presidential baking. Um, I have this old Better Homes and Gardens cookbook. One of those picture cookbooks, like the small, like this one's about holidays, right? Or whatever. So they have this pie that they suggested for President's Day, and it was just a cherry pie, but they had a cookie cutter shaped like an axe, and they cut Holy. out... <laughs> They cut out the pie crust, little axes, and then that was like the venting and the pie crust. I found that cookie cutter at an antique store in Columbia, Missouri, and I have it. If I can find it, I'm like, I'm always like, I'm going to do that pie. Or maybe just make some axe cookies for presents. It's so cheesy. It's so 60s. That is, yes, that is cheese (laughs) tastic. Which I love. (laughs) You need that kind of cheese tastiness in your life, but holy smokes. It was hilarious. I was like, wow, that is commitment. You've got to have a whole cookie cutter shaped like an axe. And it's also a little bit like you could have a murder theme party. You and there's your I axe imagine pie. there might have been some ladies in the 60s oh, who did. I love it. I love now I'm gonna go home and think about that when I'm trying to fall asleep and I don't know what to think about. That's oh, that may be another song in the future. <laughs> well, thank you, Tammy, for joining me for podcast today, Minor, and sharing your excellent more than I could have hoped for, better Yay. than I could have dreamed. All right. Thank you. I'm going to end it here. That joyous conversation took place in the splendid dining room of Tammy's historic home with velvety drapes and a wall of pocket doors, probably oak, and luminous peacock murals on the remaining walls, dramatic, elevating, without being overwhelming. Built in the 1890s, a wonderful setting for discussing cool historical biz with my friend of 42 years. My heart is warmed and improved. Thank you, Tammy, for accommodating my whims the day after I requested. You are terrific. Tammy also put me on to episode 489 of Professor Buzzkill History Podcast titled Understanding Warren G. Harding. There, I learned that Florence Harding, his wife, did not want him to run for president because an astrologer told her that he would win the election but not survive the term. And yet Florence did want him to be president, as Tammy pointed out, because she really wanted to be first lady. Complicated woman. The astrologer's prediction proved to be true. Harding died August 2nd, 1923 of, it is assumed, a heart attack not by poisoning at the hands of Florence, as was briefly rumored when she ordered his body to be embalmed just an hour after his death. As my song points out, this delicious rumor was quickly debunked. 
but I caught a glimpse of it once several years ago, probably in one of my reveries about Warren G. Harding's pajamas, and may I say, there was no word of the debunking at the ready in whatever article I was reading. So the combination of a close friend handling his pajamas of all things, a possible murder, and the exciting aura of the 1920s, the horrid romance of the whole shebang just caused me to look no further. His wife poisoned him. This was declared untrue, but I believed it for years. And as Tammy mentioned, Harding's legend just glitters with scandal. I won't go too deep, I'm no historian, but let's take a look at that old teapot dome business first. From history.com, the teapot dome scandal of the 1920s shocked Americans by revealing an unprecedented level of greed and corruption within the federal government. The scandal involved ornery old tycoons, poker-playing politicians, illegal, illegal liquor sales, a murder-suicide, a womanizing president, and a bag full of bribery cash delivered on the sly. In the end, the scandal would empower the Senate to conduct rigorous investigations into government corruption. It also marked the first time a U.S. cabinet official served jail time for a felony committed while in office. Before the Watergate scandal, the Teapot Dome scandal was regarded as the most sensational example of high-level corruption in the history of U.S. politics. And on to more of the many scandals of Warren. They extended to his personal life as well. And the initially hilarious to me joke of the opening song, that the pajamas of a stodgy-looking, less stupendous president would have a lot to say, turns out to be accurate. You just never know with songwriting. Sometimes the song unfolds before the truth is visible. Again from History.com, Harding's Hush Money. Harding's milk toast persona belied his driving libido. It's a good thing I'm not a woman, he once told the press. I would always be pregnant. I can't say no. A biographer of First Lady Florence Harding pegged the number of her husband's alleged mistresses at seven and the steamy love letters Harding penned during his 15-year affair with Carrie Fulton Phillips, the wife of one of his best friends from his hometown of Marion, Ohio, revealed his lechery. Oh, my stars, this has been a wild ride. I hope you enjoyed it. Sure, I'm not as steeped in presidential history as my totally rad friend Tammy, or my history teacher sister, or my brainy boyfriend, but I had a grand old time. And somebody had to write a song about Warren G. Harding's pajamas? It's my role in the play, and I must. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Ho ho! Should have done in the 1920s style. Must I, must I the Encyclopedia Neurotica? It's my rule in the play.